Yo, 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 what up, everybody? Back. Uh, with a new episode. Wow, I don't know every time, why every time I start talking on the podcast, I always have to fucking yawn. Does anybody else have that issue out there? Anybody else but me? Um, but yeah, so getting out of work here, it's about... Ah, 3.30 in the afternoon, tell you, get the first 30 minutes in while I head home, you know. Today's kind of odd, because it's kind of cold outside, but it's also kind of hot. It's like muggy. So maybe we'll, uh, just, we'll throw on the the air, but not the AC. If that doesn't even make sense to anybody out there, but okay, so... You know, so plug myself. You guys follow me around, whatever you guys do on the gram. Uh, TikTok. I don't really do TikTok, so, I mean, I have it, but I don't be posting food TikToks and also uh, flower and nature TikTok. Fuck. But anyways, so I kind of wanted to talk about a couple things. Um, I want to say, let's do a little bit of music at first. So I want to say, I listened to, I listened to Drake's album, Certified Lover Boy. And I got to say, that shit is absolutely fucking terrible. Uh, I know he's trying to turn the corner. Well, I don't, man, I don't know if he's really trying to turn the corner. I don't think he wants to be a rapper anymore. I think he just kind of wants to be a pop star, I mean, I don't really know what Drake wants to do, or what he's doing, or what he's got going on in his life, but the album sucks, Certified Loverboard is absolutely fucking terrible, Uh, if I had to give it a rating, I want to say it's probably on the low end of like, it's not even a 5 out of 10, I'd probably give it a 3, if it wasn't for the fact, and it would be a 0, If it wasn't for the fact that, you know, I think Jay-Z's part in it was good. I mean, he's got some, he's got, there's like, I want to say like, like two or three songs. Little Wayne's got a verse on there. Jay-Z's got a verse on there. And there's a verse or two here or there that are sort of cool. But everything else is fucking terrible. From the quality to every song up and down on it. I, I've listened to I listened to it through like three times, and I was like, "All right, I'll never listen to this again." And that, and not saying a lot because most of the time Drake puts out stuff you don't listen to at all. But he's got three or four songs here, like, "Yo, that song goes, that song goes kind of hard." His uh, his little EP that he came out with, "Scary Hours," I thought was phenomenal. It was, it was pretty good. The three song combo hit you, broke you off with the fucking. Um, Broke you off with a, uh, with like a kind of like a radio song. Then he hit you with the straight up a banger, and then he hit you with that freestyle, the lemon pepper freestyle with uh, Rick Ross. And I thought that, I thought those three combined. They, I mean, he could have put a little bit more to that, but that could have that he should have left that. I don't know. Certified Lover Boy to me is really really subpar. And I know that some of those songs are on the radio, and you know like the one with Future, but I think that song. Just overall, it's kind of dumb. Uh, it's, I mean, 
and I don't know who's out there listening to it. And I think Drake gets away with a lot of this. Now, because if that was another artist, if this was another artist, you put Kendrick Lamar right there. This album fucking flops. We're coming for his head. You put that with uh, Little Wayne, you're coming for his head. This album's whack. And I know, and I, it's kind of weird because Drake isn't really a rapper. He's kind of just more of like an overall musical artist. But he does a lot of rap songs. I mean, he's more of a hip-hop. Hip, hip-hip-hop. But it's really kind of hard to classify Drake because he's been at this for a long time. But then again, you know, like, if you look like, um, Hold On, We're Going Home, if you look at some of his older, those songs were a little bit better. Passion Fruit, Certified Lover Boy does not have those quality of songs. The music quality is kind of subpar, way, way beyond subpar, um, I don't know if he switched his team up or what, but uh, and I know you don't want to sound the same all the time, but I mean it really was sub subpar, man. I mean, and as I, I've been meaning to talk about it, but because I, I was really gonna go in on it and trash it, um, but I kind of feel like if you listening to it, I can't. If you actually sat down and you're like, wow, this is so great. Like, DJ Academics is a fucking fool sitting on Twitter and on Instagram claiming Drake is the greatest artist of all time ever. Like, get off his nuts. Take his dick out your mouth. And, uh, you know, quit, quit hopping on the bandwagon, dog. Like, the fucking bandwagon is over. Drake's run, I think, is officially over. Uh, because this shit was subpar as a motherfucker. And he's a kind of been trending that way. He's kind of losing his touch. Um, and there's just a lot of young artists out there who are coming for the crown. Uh, every so often, there's somebody who takes the mantle of rap or hip-hop and, you know, you know it was Eminem for a while. It was, uh, you know, Snoop and Dre for a while. It was, you know, DMX for a while. Jay-Z had it for a long while. Jay-Z's still kind of going, actually. He hasn't done anything new. Kendrick had it for a little bit. Um, and Drake had it for a little bit, too. You know, don't get, don't get me, don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that Drake isn't a, a good artist. I'm just saying this new, his newest. But, but I kind of feel like he gets away with it a little bit because he's so, so popular. Um... It's one of those things. Like, Slipknot gets away with putting out subpar music, too. And that's because they're so popular and everybody is afraid to stand up to them and say, like, hey, bro, this shit fucking sucks. I, I hate that. There's They're surrounded. Drake is surrounded by yes men. Like, I wish I could sit down and say, hey, Drake, I listened to your shit, like, twice. And I probably will never listen to it again. And when you ask me, why did I... You know, I can tell them, hey, man, it was not as good as anything you've done before. As a matter of fact, it's kind of like you made it for, like, the certified lover boy is fucking, uh, what are those things where the fucking kids, kids anthems, whatever those are called, where they take main pop songs and they make them for kids, uh, kids bops or whatever. I mean, that's really what he made. 
Now that great, like that that's cool if he's targeting like fucking the high school crowd and the younger crowd, like and and you know women as well. Like that's cool if that's your target demographic to stay with the younger. You know, that's cool. That's cool if you want to stay that route. Um, although I think could have went other routes. I mean, he could have went a soul route. He could have dropped down a, a really stripped soul album, like old school, like an Al Green or Marvin. Yeah, I think that probably would have been better for him. You know, if he wanted to switch up styles, I mean, somebody could have said, hey, you got the voice. Let's make you a Otis Redding-esque album or a Al Green-esque album or a Marvin Gaye-esque album. Like, kind of like an old flair. We'll take a stab at it see what happens. You know, really swing for the fences. If you're going to swing for the fences, swing for the fences. This was kind of like, well, I'm going to just kind of like, like not make a hip-hop album or even a rap album. I'm just going to make an album that's kind of like, and I think, like I said, the, he's got a lot of yes men. Everybody's on it. And then the whole thing is the, the album's going to get eaten up on the billboard. He's going to have songs on the billboard for a long time. And they're going to, people are going to talk about how good he is. But that's just because people are, he's on the loop, spun constantly. You know, Rihanna had the mantle of uh, hip hop for a minute too, or whatever, you know, as an artist. Chop, billboard topping artist, chart topping. But I kind of, you know, I, I kind of see uh, Certified Lover Boy is just absolutely subpar. There's not one song on there that I would recommend, like, yo, there's like a handful of good songs on there. Most of it is kind of just, eh, he did this or did that. Like, and then, like, wow, there's like, yo, that, that song is fucking goes hard. There's not. One song that goes hard on the entire album. Not one that I would even come back to later in, you know, download just to have, like, it's that, it's to me, it's that poorly executed the whole album. Uh, but then again, you know, I've heard this song on the radio. I've heard uh, the one with Future. I don't know the name of it. But, I mean, I've heard it on, on a radio station. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of like a cover song, kind of. And I'm like, okay, Future, Future does, that's the one thing Future does. He doesn't really care either. He's just making songs just to make songs. Uh, but everything else, I mean... It just, it's really forgettable. And I, and I really regret having wasted the time to listen to it. Like I said, I got to give it like a 3 out of a 10. Probably. Uh, maybe even a 2. And I compare that with Doja Cat. I didn't really like, like Doja Cat's album. But it was enjoyable. It was something I was like, oh, okay, well, this is how she's going to be at. She's not as great as other pop artists around her. But, I mean, it's pretty good. And that, that, you know, and I'm not, I'm no Drake fan either. I just listened to it. And I was like, wow, this was a waste of time. And then I thought, okay, I'll give it another chance. I'll listen to it again because everybody was listening to it. And I was like, nah, this is not good. It's just not good. 
it's just not. I, I mean, I don't know who's out there convincing people that it is. Or, oh, bro, it's on certified lover boys. CLB. Like, nah, bro. Shit is fucking whack. Shit is fucking whack. But beyond that, I have been listening to a lot of music. And I've been into this band called Filth. Uh, I don't know if they're from North Carolina or where they're from. But they go dumb hard. I've been like slowly fucking like getting through all their catalog of music. And I'm like kind of excited. They, that band is wild. Fifth, Deathcore. I don't even know what kind of core they're. Uh, but they, their songs are wild. They, they, um, they have a couple of songs with a couple of guest singers. Those songs go absolutely heinous. I mean, there's just a, there's just a lot of good stuff on Filth. Uh, and they're, they're they're heavy, bro. They're fucking heavy. They're wildly heavy. You know, and I was like, wow, fucking this band is rocks. But, you know, again, I'm going to, I don't know much of what they got to offer other than uh, Covet with Adam Warren from Oceano. If you don't know who uh, Oceano is, that song is absolutely insane. Uh, Hedonist. And I think there's a couple other good songs that I was like, yo. So I got to check out their album, The Ignorance. And then maybe The Burden of Isolation. I got to check those out. I do. Um, and I think they've got some singles and some EPs that I would that I need to fucking uh, get into. Let me see. Let me see. Do a little rundown of this band. If I can, no, there's nothing on Apple Music that says who the fuck they are. They're just, their band called Failed. And I think they're from North Carolina. I could be wrong. But I don't think I am. And they go fucking dumb hard. But like I said, they have a song with Adam Warren. And that song is re- ridiculous. Uh, I listened to them all day yesterday. I was cooking some ribs. And I had them uh, fucking, fucking uh, about ready to crowd kill my barbecue island. Uh, <laughs> I was like, bruh, this fucking is out of control. And I've also been listening to a little bit of this band called Brand of Sacrifice. I finally took the time to listen to a few songs from them, too. They have some wild shit, too. Uh, the Demon King and Animal stand out as two songs that are, like, absolutely insane. So I don't know if you guys know about Brand of Sacrifice, but between Brand of Sacrifice and Phil, I have a lot of deathcore and a lot of black core and Black Death core to fucking in, in hardcore, maybe even um, I don't even I don't know if you want to classify them as middle core, but they're, they're straight up death, death, death row. I, what I was telling my brother was that I was like, you know, the singer from Filth, I, I think he posted on Instagram or the band posted on Instagram, he's got himself mean mugging with the sickest fucking pair of shades that I've ever seen. On a, in a death metal band and with the blackest of shirts, and I was like, "Yo, this this motherfucker's he's Suge Knight. He's pulled he pulled a straight up Suge Knight." And I was like, "Yo, I didn't know he was a vocalist, but I was like, bro, this motherfucker he goes absolutely wild too." So I I I dubbed that. I told my brother, "Yo, this fucking death row core." <laughs> 
So I, I've been listening to Phil. Like I said, uh, I, so far I love what I hear. Um, I'm going to go through the album. I'm going to have to listen to it. And I, and the only reason I came across him is because I think Chelsea Grin. Is it Chelsea Grin? I think Chelsea Grin is going on tour with I don't know who, but I think Filth is down there. I think they're and they're going to play Pomona. So I'm, it's a show I'd be interested in checking out. And speaking of shows at the Glass House, uh, Impending Doom and Barrier Dead are playing December 11th at the Glass House, and it's like, bruh, fucking Fight Fest, you know. I, I don't, and I think Sulfur. I'm not sure who they are, but I mean, I can check them out. I can listen. Well, you know, like a tour like that, Impending Doom, Buried Dead, we know you what you're going to get. The other random band, I probably won't mosh to or anything like that. But you kind of want to, like, you know, if you if, take a gander at what they, what they are. You know, sometimes you go into a fully unprepared, you know, fully, you know, just like kind of like, just like, wow, I'm going to just fucking just hit that shit and you know if they hit they hit if they suck then you don't even bother wasting your time i may take a song or two to listen to but i i, I came across filth and, and actually i came across filth i think the other day beyond uh i just didn't really pay attention to who they were at that moment in time one of those things um the way i got into it and, and it just all kind of, it all happened really fast for me. Um, as you went, as we segue into what I really want to talk about musically. Knock Loose dropped the EP if you're unfamiliar with Knock Loose. And I don't know. I kind of find it hard to believe that you're into heavy, heavy music and you have not heard Knock Loose or you're not a fan of Knock Loose, period. Because I, to me, they, they do what Deathcore does, but better. They do what hardcore does, but better. They do what metalcore does, but better. And they also have a punk vibe, and they do that better than punk bands. So, and they fucking are better than most fucking hardcore and metalcore bands right now touring in existence. This is what I fucking said the other day. Like, I had, I went like I think on two or three podcasts back in a row, uh, back to back, while I talked about Knock Loose a little bit. I kind of felt that they've been. If, if I was in Knock Loose, if I was the singer, I would have already sat down with my manager and told him, look, if none of these bands want to fucking take the time out there to make me the co-headliner of a fucking major tour, or you're not spinning my shit on the radio station, not only are you fired, but I'll fucking do it myself. I'll fucking gather up the most vicious tour and go on a fucking summer-wide tour and just burn down the fucking house. Burn it down. All of it. I would take aim at the fucking big metal bands. I would get on the fucking cover of Revolver Magazine or whatever and just fucking... The title would be, well, fuck the fucking Slayer and Slipknot sellouts. Both those bands are sellouts. You know, I would get up there and fucking say some shit. And, and I know, you know, Slipknot actually kind of... But it's one thing that, that wow, you're, you were on office that fucking... Two in the afternoon. It's a whole nother thing to fucking co-headline the bitch. You know what I mean? It's just two different, two different fucking uh, set of circumstances there. One, people are like, eh, you know, uh, fucking getting out of two, grabbing a beer, 
not really paying attention. Fucking, wow. There's a whole nother thing to be right before Slipknot. And you're fucking absolutely hammering the fucking people's ear, ear holes. And turning heads being like, whoa, what the fuck was that? Who the fuck is that? That's what I'm talking about. That's a huge deal. And like I said, I understand there's a lot. They, they care, probably carry this with a lot of respect. But I would, I would have already, you know, that's, and I kind of think that they know that they're that way already. I would have already fucking said that. I would have fucking been causing so much fucking chaos um, out there. It would have been insane. Like, like, I, I'm fucking mad for them. I'm, you know, that's how, but that's to say, uh, this is what I have to say. Uh... Knock Loose dropped a fucking uh, EP, you know, a tear in the fabric of life, and it just, like, that happened the other day, and it just completely, I was like, bruh, this shit goes fucking wild. I'm not, I probably listened to Terror in the Fabric of Life, like, probably, like, ten times through, and I probably, and I actually think they're fucking progressing as a band. They're, they took everything that they, that you've known from lap tracks and a different shade of blue and they put it in to six songs and they fucking slayed it. There that that from start to finish is fucking like 30 minutes of straight fucking the craziest 30 minutes of music that I've heard in a minute. And that was the fact that they dropped out. They dropped a different shade of blue like 2 years ago. And that's after the fact that they, all, all kinds of other music has come out since then like the Acacia Strain had an album come out, like two actually, I think, in that time. Um, Spirit Box released new music. I mean, Angel Maker came out with some new music. The Ghost Inside has had new music. Uh, there's been a lot of things that have come out, you know, since A Different Shade of Blue. And this probably, A Tear in the Fabric of Life, is probably better than most of the shit out there. That has been put out. And even from some of these well-polished bands, you know, I think Hapri released an album. This is probably better than that. By far. Crazily good. And, and I know and I know they got they have had to have put fucking some of these bigger bands on notice, man. I mean, come on. The the tide is turning. Um you know the tide is turning now. I mean the tide is just fucking turning. It's just crazy. Uh, but a tear in the fabric, man, from start to finish, I mean, uh, God Knows is a wild-ass song. Absolutely wild. Uh, Permanent is another wild song with a crazier fucking song. Uh, everything, like, there's, I don't think there's a bad song on there. There's not even a song. You could just listen to it straight through. And just be fucking assaulting the fucking air in your room. You'd be wanting to fight a motherfucker. You know. And this is how I got to listening to. I finally was like, okay, well. I listened to A Tear in the Fabric of Life now, like I said, about ten times through. That's how I do these things. I don't know. Like, I find something I like and I just listen to it on repeat. It's on loop. It's on fucking loop. Like, and then I was like, okay, well, let me pause the loop. And I was like. All right, so I started with Brand of Sacrifice, and I was like, okay, this is good. And then I switched it to Filth, 
And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to check out this band Filth because fucking they're on this tour. I was going to check them out. And then I was like, yo, this is fucking amazing. So I have been blessed recently with some amazing fucking heavy music. I mean, and if you don't know who Filth is, I mean, I don't, I didn't know who they were until recently. That's crazy because they're crazy good. If you're into death, death call and shit like that, fucking... They're crazy good. But so is so is Noculus. Noculus is a given. And and I seen Hardcore Keem on Instagram saying that he's finally a Noculus fan. Like, bruh, fucking finally? Dog, he's miss, missing out on some fucking crazy ass fucking A different shade of blue just goes fucking dumb. Uh Lap Tracks is just fucking out of control. Pop culture is, is wild too, like like dog, like fucking wild. Like where have you been? And I and I just didn't realize there's there's so many people out there. Like yo, I'm just barely getting in knock this. Like, bruh, uh, lap tracks is absolutely crazy. And we just talked about this a couple episodes. Oblivion Speak just blew me away. One of the first times I heard, it, I was like, dog, who the fuck is this throwing out this fucking crazy, this crazy fucking song was out of control, heavy. Like, I was like, who the fuck, like, like, wow, like, fucking took, took, you know, for me to get blown away on a heavy music is kind of something else, because I'll, you only, you only come across, there's only so many good heavy bands, like, there's a lot of heavy bands, but there's not good heavy bands, and like, I, I talked about this with my brother before, off podcast, there's a lot of bands that are good live, and don't have a good album sound to them. You're like, dog, if they fucking cleaned up the music a little bit or did had a little bit better production, it'd be fucking great. But they they kill it live. There's a lot of bands like that. There's a lot of bands that fucking have a killer album. You're like, bro, this fucking album is dope. And then they fuck you fucking see them live, they fucking suck. Um there are bands like that, believe it or not. There's a lot of bands like that. That just they just stink up the joint. They just do. Like you're like, dog. Like, you know, they just suck live, and then the album is like, you know. And there's very few bands that are good live, and then the album and this in your car is fucking wild, and you know, very rare it lines up. Like Slipknot is one of those bands. I think uh, Volume Three is not particularly a good album. To listen to, but it's a great live. There's some good songs on their live. Continent by the K Stream is not great sounding in your car, but every time I listen to a Continent song live, I'm like, bruh. Uh, and a lot of bands have that, have an album or two like that. Uh, Binoculars is not fucking, you know, I, I don't know. This, all Everything they touch is fucking golden. To me, it's golden. It's bright, striking the right chords. Uh, yeah, man. And I just like, okay, so I was fucking. I've been into this fucking heavy shit lately, and I and I gotta catch up on Filth. Cause I I I listened to their top eight songs. And I was like, bro, I was blown away by like seven out of the eight songs. And I gotta go back and listen to all, all eight again. Um, I'm blown away by by Knock, this is new as shit. 
a tear in the fabric of life. And I could go on and on about it, but there's not much to talk about other than it's fucking really good. And like, and like I said, I, I couldn't believe the hardcore team and a lot of other people are just barely getting on to the fucking Narcos bandwagon. I'm like, dog, what the fuck? How the fuck did they miss that fucking train? I mean, I guess. But, I mean, still, like, shit. Like, Knockloose has been every fucking where with every fucking thing in crazy, like, and they're crazy good. So I don't, like, kind of missing, kind of can't grasp it. But at the same time, grasping shit, uh, that Knockloose shit, if you haven't grasped a tear in the fabric of life. I would fucking grasp that shit and fucking bang your fucking head. Uh, there's so many good songs. I mean, there's there's only six songs, but all of it is fucking good. Uh, Contorted in the Frail, fucking the sickest, the sickest fucking contortion there is. I mean that. I can't think. I can't think of where. Forced to stay is also good. Also, where the light divides, the holler, the holer. Uh, fucking another banger, man. Like, every fucking song is a banger. Permanent, too. Permanent, you know, in Return to Passion. Like, I think that covers all six songs. You I, you can pull any song out of the fucking... They, it goes where the light divides the holder. Instant classic. God knows. I think God knows is probably one of their best songs out of these six. For me, personally... Forced to say another fucking banger. Contorted and Frell, I changed my mind. That's probably the number two song for me. Return to Passion, another classic. Impermanent ends with the sickest ass fucking outro fucking breakdown that you could possibly end with. Like, fucking sick with it. Fucking sick with it. Um, fucking crazy sick. Fucking sick. Sick with it. Sickly heavy. Out of control. Out of control crazy. Makes me want to fucking kick a hole in the wall and fucking have to patch it with drywall and kick, re-kick it again because I'm fucking so pissed off. I'm listening to it. You fucking make, it gets your fucking blood boiling. Your blood boils when you listen to that shit. And it's amazing. It's fucking amazing. That band, every, like I said, everything they touch is fucking amazing. So yeah, that's it. Uh, I, like I said, I'm... I'm going to start listening to Brand of Sacrifice a little bit more because I like what I hear. Filth, I'm going to listen to a little more. So maybe we'll review some of their music coming up post once I get back to recording this episode. If not, we'll do some sports talk. But I'll get this episode up whenever it is. I do get it wrapped up, and uh, we'll take it from there. So hang tight while I finish recording this shortly. Yo, yo, yo. So I'm back. I'm back in the saddle again. Shades of um, Aerosmith there. <laughs> so, alright, so moving on from music. this I got a couple, two things I want to talk about. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Raiders and a little bit about, you know, I had a little uh, birthday adventure with my girlfriend yesterday, so we'll t- talk about that and then I'll get this episode posted up, so... The Raiders are now sitting at four and two. They beat the obviously they beat the uh, Denver Broncos, which I think was you know was a good a good 
we played them very well, considering the fact of all that John Gruden stuff that happened. Uh, and that's kind of what I want to talk about, maybe a little bit of cancel, cancel culture, maybe. Um, but, if they, I mean, and I'm not going to defend anything John Gruden said, because obviously, uh, you know, he's in the wrong there. But, again, I do agree that the, uh, they're kind of witch-hunting him because I, I I can almost tell you for a fact that 95% of the NFL talks that way in the locker rooms. I mean, you know, I don't believe the man is racist. I don't, I don't believe the man because he's been around. He's got a long track record of people that that simply just love him. Um, a lot of them black players, like. So I think that that kind of was blown out of context. That his comment about um, the players' uh, representative, whatever it was, what really got him was his. The homophobic remarks he was making towards the commissioner. That, that, honestly, that's really what hung him up was his openly anti-commissioner stance he took uh, I, I, in to Roger Goodell. But most of the NFL, most of the fans hate Roger Goodell. So I mean, and they're probably felt that way towards him. Um. The fact he didn't want any gay players and this and that and the other thing is just kind of like, you know, I got it. I, I get it. But, you know, but I, I be, you know what? I, I, I don't think, you know, I mean, you look at some of the coaches in around his time, um, uh, pretty much, I mean, there's not very many coaches that are around back when uh, ESPN was going 10 years ago, however many years ago. You know, Jeff Fisher and all them. But I'm pretty sure they all use that language. And if not in a racial or homophobic manner, they probably use it in a derogatory manner, too. Like, I want to know how many times they would say, fuck you, don't be a pussy. That's some pussy shit. Or don't be a bitch. Talking to men, you know. You know, Richie Incognito got in trouble for that a while back. But you know what? That's just the nature of NFL. Uh, they want to clean it up and have John Gruden cleaned up. But what about literally every other fucking team? They put a fucking microphone. I mean, I guarantee you they put a fucking camera and a microphone and they start tapping, tap, uh, what do you call it? Wiretapping um, everybody else's fucking. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna find that the entire NFL is is that way. Uh, like, now nah, I'm not even fucking. There's not even a shred of possibility that it's not. I kind of feel like his comments is was pretty much the normal for most of the NFL. Uh, again, like I said, I'm not defending any of those comments. I mean, you you just can't come out right now and just say, you can't say, 
you just can't say it any, at any level right now, especially how politically correct. You can't just say, fuck you, faggot. You just can't. You can't, you can't say the N-word either. No, I can't even say it on here. Like, you just can't say it. You can't call anybody. You can't say, fuck you, pussy-ass bitch. You, you just can't. And, and no public office can you do it right now. You can't even say, don't be a pussy to anybody. You just can't. Like, it's, it's crazy because you think that, you know, that somehow, you know, our girl pair of balls, you, you think, you know, you think that you wouldn't lose your job over it or your whole career, but I mean, it's just what it is right now. Like, you just can't say those things, like, you know. But I, I honestly, they dug up emails about him and they dug around and dug and dug and dug and dug and until so they found something on him. And I was like, okay, well, to me, that's that's part of the problem with what's going on with uh, the NFL currently right now is they were digging around and the, the fact that they only got John Gruden to me is alarming because I think they could probably easily destroy most other teams fucking whole franchises. That's just what I think. Like, I, I give me fucking... Jerry Jones's emails. Give me fucking. Oh man, I mean, look, there's there's a ton of coaches, tons. Like I never typed out an email like that, or, but I'm I'm pretty sure they all talk like that. You know, guys never watched Last Chance. You. You know exactly know exactly how the fuck they talk. I mean, that was just the tip of the iceberg, and I, and I've been. I've been actually, as a fan, I've said this many. I want the R-rated NFL package because I want to hear how they actually. The NFL wants to glorify themselves as being like this poster boy sport. Uh, you know that fucking. You know, by sheer grit and determination, anything is possible. Um, you know, you can win it all, and they try, the NFL try to propaganda, propaganda dies themselves as being, like, the, the sport of, like, the times, or the sport of, you know, like, like it's the sport, it's American sport, it's the, you know, the flag, it's it's God, country, flag, football, here. It's what they kind of wants to be, like, it, and it's supposed to be all of fucking. It's supposed to be the most unracist, unfucking. You know, it, it's just supposed to be guys, a group of guys coming together to do something great. That's what they want to paint themselves as being. You know, but I. I and the NFL is ever it's far away from that. On the surface they may paint themselves that way, but they're deep down they're so far away from that. It's unbelievably they're how unbelievably far away 
And I mean, the, it involves the Raiders because John Gruden got fired, and like, you got to see just a glimpse, uh, just a peek at what the NFL day-to-day life is like. You just got to see a, a peek, a little glimpse, a little fucking, a little uh, a snippet, tidbit of just a peek into the fucking reality of what is the NFL. And, I, and I, that's where I kind of feel like the NFL is totally wrong for, you know, pressuring the Raiders into doing anything. And to me, this the whole thing is fucked up because he was doing that at ESPN. ESPN is reporting on how the Raiders, how the Raiders going to handle that situation. Why hasn't Mark Davis made any remarks? Why the fuck has not ESPN made any remarks? They're the ones who employed him for that long. Like, wasn't he on Monday Night Football doing all that bullshit for years? Like that, see, that's where I'm kind of getting that this is a bunch of bunch of bullshit targeted at the Raiders. And you know, the Raiders had to do what they had to do, but I I don't feel as if uh, Mark Davis should. I don't think he really has to do anything. I, Mark Davis hired John Gruden as a coach to come and win the Super Bowl because he felt that he was a good coach that could bring us the Super Bowl. Looking at it now, I don't really know how many other coaches that could come in and just win a Super Bowl for us. With what we got and where we're at, I just don't know. I don't, I mean, maybe Gruden wasn't the answer, but, I mean, I kind of believe that he knew what he was talking about a little bit. And he could lead men. I thought that's a characteristic that you need to win Super Bowl, so... But either way, we came out and we beat the brakes off of the Broncos, and uh, I think we're on to the Eagles at home. So this should be an interesting matchup because possibly could go five and two. Uh, not sure exactly who's the quarterback of. I think Jaden Hurts is the quarterback of the Eagles. The Eagles have come in and beat us a couple of times randomly, like, when I felt that they were bad, and I don't know when we've, I don't actually know when we've beaten the Eagles, I don't, we're going to have to look into that stat, it'll be interesting to see if we can get to 5-2, and two. but here, all of a sudden, the Chargers laid, laid an A to Baltimore, here come the Chiefs, uh, and the Broncos are doing the middle of the road, so it's kind of interesting that we're all kind of really within reach of each other, and and it's kind of like, you know, the Chiefs, you know, you would assume would be playoff contenders immediately. The Chargers looking hot, but then they look really bad. The Raiders look hot to start, and then look really bad, and then we look hot again. So it would be interesting to see how this shakes out. So, But I, I just feel like the NFL wants to put a lid on John Gruden and I, I'm just like, yeah, the fucking entire, the entirety of the fucking NFL talks like that. And I'm like, yeah. like, I'm not defending it, John Gruden, but I'm like, he's probably not the only one. And for, for him to get fired over it, over something that's done, that he did at ESPN is ridiculous. That would be like you at your former job that you did for a long time, and then you just left, you getting fired for something at your new job that has nothing to do with your new job, that 
supposedly you said, and did, or not supposedly, but you did say over there to some other employees, like, like that shouldn't be the case. But if anything, it's, it's shame on ESPN and SportsCenter and all them fucking entities. They they knew then, you know, just a wild scenario that ESPN wants to find out what how the Raiders handled the situation for something that John Gruden did at ESPN for years. Like, in reporting on it as if they don't had no, no fucking clue. And if they had no clue, why would the Raiders have any fucking clue? So I'm, and I don't, I don't get it. Like, if ESPN supposedly had no clue that this was going on, what the fuck were the Raiders supposed to know? Or Mark Davis? And why does he have to answer a question of, like, did he know if fucking ESPN didn't know? It's not like he fucking knew. Like, it's not like he asked John Gordon, hey, are you, are you racist? Or do you, do you like queer gay people? Do you feel that they should play in the NFL? That's not a question you ask a head coach, I don't think, straight up. Hey, do you hate black people? Like, that's not a question you're asking a head coach, somebody who has been around the business and who has head coaching experience. What you're asking them is, how are we going to win the Super Bowl? So I don't get why they want Mark Davis to make a comment. And to me, it's just a bunch of bullshit. Um, But I do do agree John Gruden had to go. I mean, he just had to resign. Uh, I'd say let it cool down. And then he he should come out in in an interview, you know, after a year time away and literally say that you know he did you know he said some of those things out of anger uh that that was the culture i honestly he should flame the entire nfl uh he should just say that that was the culture that exists in the nfl and i and i probably would believe him because i'm pretty sure that from coaching from the owners to to the coaches to the players to even the fans the fans are just as rowdy the fans uh, you go to the stadium, you get a little bit of drinking, they're calling everybody, fuck you pussy, fuck you, don't be a bitch, fuck your team, all uh, the fucking, the fucking, the, you know, the pussy, the pussy, your fucking pussy ass franchise, your fucking, you know, you know, and they fighting each other in the stands, I mean, I see all the, the videos on Bleach Report, and, uh, all them other ones, as a matter of fact, during the preseason, the Chargers fans and the Rams fans were fighting, remember? When that girl threw the soda at the guy and they were just fighting for what? A preseason game? Uh, Steelers fans fighting with Baltimore fans regularly. Uh, so it's kind of, to me, it's kind of dumb when you think about it that way. And it's just the, co- it's the culture that exists. It's the culture that exists in the NFL. Uh, they did not eliminate it. They did not get rid of it. It's not like John Gruden was out there as a fucking wild ace doing some wild shit. No. This is like done on every coaching, literally every coach. All the way up to the Golden Boy, Belichick, and uh, Brady. As a matter of fact, isn't there a video of Brady dropping the N-word on national TV? Where the fuck? Fucking get, take his ass out. Get rid of his ass. You're fucking rid of him. I'm over that shit over it. So, yeah. 
what it is. Uh, moving on from that. Okay, after I was rudely cut off there. Uh, moving on. Moving on to... Wow, that's crazy. Moving on to uh, other things here. I, uh, yesterday, yesterday was my girlfriend's birthday, and, uh, whoa, painting a lot of traffic this morning on my way to work, uh, but yesterday I went to, uh, San Diego for the day, uh, actually not, not for the day, just for a little bit, um, uh, we had some breakfast, you know, up by my house, and then fucking drove down. We hit Pachanga Casino, if you know anything about the Pachanga Casino in Temecula. We hit that. Didn't do too good there. Uh, I think she got down 300. I did okay. I was playing... I like playing now the roulette machines um, where you place $2 bets and you get to place 25 cent chips. That would earn you an 8.75 win or a $9 win is what you win. Um, I actually like that. And you sit down, and it's just like an automatic thing. And you place your best. You give you like they give you like 20 seconds to do it. And you do it. I mean, I I, I like that. That's pretty good. I sit there and play. I'm learning how to play relate now. You know, common, commonly now. Figured. You know, been picking it up slowly. So. Uh, Apachanga, I got, I went down 20, I was playing Shark Week, uh, the slot machine, and I went got down 20, and then I put a 20 in the relay, and I got up to like 45 bucks, and I pulled out, I was like, okay, you know, I sat there for about 30 minutes, and I was like, well, let me go find my girlfriend, because I'm like, I didn't hear from her, I'm like, go, go find her, she's like, I'm out 300 bucks, I'm like, damn. That was fast. And, you know, just, you know, like, damn. So we packed it up. And if you guys don't know, or if you do know this, you're from California. Pachanga is like 20 minutes away from Paula Casino. Paula Casino is a little bit run down, a little bit uh, dainty, a little bit dingy. not quite up to the standards of other casinos that I've been to. Um, but it's an okay casino. It kind of reminds me of like the old... Like an old school um, Vegas casino. Not really new school. Because it's kind of dingy. Like I said, dingy. Could use a, could use a total makeover. From the parking structure to the surrounding area to the, to the inside of the casino. However, we did have some good luck at Paula Casino. I played Wheel of Fortune, and I came up on like 100 bones there. My girlfriend played there. It came up like 50 bucks. And then 
took her luck over to the Zeus machine. And I don't know what machine it is. I think it has a big-ass Zeus on it. Where she got 250 bucks. So, at the end of it, we walked out with about 400 bucks of um, winnings. So, it made up for the losses at Pachanga. So, we kind of, we just gambled around, had a couple of drinks and whatnot. And, um, boy, like, and you know what? I haven't made mention of the Dodgers in the playoffs, but I've been watching the Dodgers. Watch the Dodgers versus the Cardinals, Dodgers versus the Giants, and now it's Dodgers versus the Braves. Uh, I just haven't made any mention of them, but I'm making mention of them now. We're watching a little bit of the, to the uh, Dodgers and Braves games in Impala, and the Dodgers got it early 2-0, and I was like, oh, they're going to, again, they're up really early. But at that point, we decided to pack it up. We packed it up from Paula and we headed down to San Diego, which is about a 30-40 minute drive. Headed down there. And uh, hit the gas amp quarter. Hit, hit the gas amp tavern. And uh, drinking was watching the games, and I could just see the Dodgers down 5-2. to two. I was like, fuck, getting into the seventh inning. Looked like we were just like we got hit with the deer in headlights, like, you know. And <clears throat> this is what I kind of want to talk about. So it's my girlfriend's birthday, so I'm like, okay, let's go eat. What do you want to eat? She's like, oh, I want to do some steak with some burgers or something with meat. And I was like, cool. Look up a place, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go. So she ended up picking Fogo de Chao. Fogo de Chao, uh, the Brazilian steakhouse, and uh, we set a reservation for six, and walked up, walked up in there, and I'm still to this, to today. I'm like about 12 hours, a little bit more than 12 hours removed from the experience. I still feel full from all the fucking select juicy cuts of meat that you get at fucking Foco de Chao, like, and like, I mean, damn, it's a little pricey, I mean, it's about 75, 80 bucks a person, plus the tip, but, I mean, damn, like, they give you a lot of fucking food. And all of it delicious. Every little nugget of meat that they come and carve at your table is fucking insanely good. It's just insanely good, man. I mean, I had sirloin, fucking bacon-wrapped steak. Well, anyways, like, they got, you know, bacon-wrapped tidbits of meat. They got... Uh, top sirloin, they've got, man, you know, no sausage, they've got chicken wrapped in bacon, they've got fucking filet mignon, they've got, uh, oh man, they have like, they probably have on deck 10 different cuts of meat, lamb, 
they have lamb meat, and everything tastes fucking delicious, man. And it's just crazy sitting in there because they don't stop bringing you food. Like, they just come by and just like, here, take this meat, here. And you're eating it, and you're like, wow, this is juicy and delicious. And they're like, here, take this other juicy and delicious meat. And you're just, you're just sitting there munching down meat for like 30 minutes straight. Like, who does that? But you can do that there, and it's, and it's crazy because it's delicious. Like, it's totally delicious. Fucking insane. And then they come with the sides. And you can go get your own sides. And it's like, it's a crazy experience, man. I'm like, that was just a, uh, I had never eaten like that before. Like, I always say, like, uh, I'm a big guy. So I was telling my brother, I was like, you know, you wouldn't grill up 10 patties of burgers and just sit there and eat them, like, as you're coming off the grill. Like, with no, like, and then try to eat a piece of bread with it and then fucking sucking down some water. Like, you wouldn't normally do that, but that's kind of how they do it. It's kind of what it is. Like, I was like, and the, the meat is hot. It's coming straight out the fire roasted oven or wherever it's coming out of. Um, but it's so delicious, too. Like, like these are good top quality cuts of meat, like, it's not like, it's just like, oh, this is flank, this is, there's meal, this is fucking espadilla, nah, these are like, like I said, filet mignon, uh, pork roast, uh, things of the nature, like, pork shoulder, whatever, it's like, bruh, like, insanely good food, it's just insanely good. I was just like, man, like, I got so stuffed in there, I could barely even think. And I'm still burping up, like, some of that that red meat fucking grizzle. That juicy medium meat that I don't really eat that much. That red meat. That red, that red meat, eating that much red meat is fucking dangerous. I'm pretty sure that that place has given people mini strokes, heart attacks, or heart palpitations over the years. You can't tell me otherwise. You can't tell me. You can't tell me otherwise. I know for a fact. People walking out of there are like, yo, I'm gonna go home and just lay down. Like that's what I wanted to do. I was like, I went home. I was like, oh, bro, lay the fuck. I'm gonna lay the fuck down because this is like my body had to fucking digest. And it's still digesting all that block of meat I ate. It was crazy. Fogo do Chow in, in fucking San Diego is wild. But I think they're located everywhere. So, uh, it's just wild in general. Crazy. And I think I had a little bit of garlic. I had some chimichurri. All that didn't really like their chimichurri sauce all that well. I thought I could have used a little bit more uh, oil to it, a little more olive oil. Uh, and it was also kind of cold. But, we, we, you know, we're good. Uh, they had some A1, we had some A1 with it. Man, 
and the sides are amazing too. The the cheese with honey looking amazing. I uh, I have myself the mashed potatoes. It's crazy how you eat a piece of meat that's so salty and and cooked just right, and you get put in a scoop of mashed potatoes and it like completely erases the taste. But you know you ate a, a fucking amazing piece of meat. And all, every single piece of meat that I had was amazing. It was crazy good. It was the stuff of dreams. Those are, I felt like if I had slain a, a king of another empire and was just sitting there eating all his meat that he fucking stored away, we, you know, we, we were victorious in battle. That's kind of how I felt there. Like, afterwards, I was like, bro, you, you eat yourself stupid. Like, that's just what it was. I was like, fucking hate myself stupid there. And then we hit up your, uh, was it your Daily's or McConnell's? I'm not sure where we hit up for some ice cream. Had a little shake. I just had a couple of spoonfuls of it. Like, maybe like three spoonfuls. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't want, I didn't want too much sweets. So I was like, yo, like, I was already, I was stuffed to the max. I was just completely was stuffed to the max. Couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So... And from there, we ended up coming home. I mean, it was it was a nice birthday, I think, for my girlfriend. You know, obviously, you know, spending the time with her and stuff. But the, I gotta say, the Fogo de Chao experience is bar none one of the craziest things I've ever I've ever like done as far as like food wise. Like, it's a buffet, but it's kind of at the same time like a crazy buffet. Like, I don't know how you go in there and just, I don't know if you can smack down that much meat. Like, it's crazy the amount of meat they come and bring to your table. Like, maybe only The Rock can do it. You know, in his incredibly fit body. I, I think, you know, a place like that, like, you only, you could eat there. If you, if you had it for, like, an early dinner, like, at 4 o'clock three o'clock, you wouldn't need to eat before that, and you wouldn't need to eat after that, but he gets so fucking full and stuff, it's crazy, like, and I kind of think that, like, you're wasting your money if you're skinny going in there, like, because how much meat can you actually eat, I'm a fat motherfucker, and I think that I plenty of meat, but I kind of feel like I barely made it, it makes sense money-wise, but, but, but then again, it, it's not that way, because you can get a cut of filet mignon, you can get a cut of top sirloin, you can get a cut of, uh, pork ribs, you can get a cut of this, you can get a cut of that, and, like, you, know, you wouldn't normally get all those different cuts at a, you sit down, if you sit down and order up a filet mignon at a steakhouse anywhere else, you're spending 50 bucks, and that's all you're eating. And you have to hope to God that they cook it right. You know, to your liking. Or like a T-bone steak or whatever. Most of the times they're like $30, $40 plates. And to me, it's kind of like, okay, well, this one you got, you could have had a little cut of everything. You just fucking, you didn't like it, don't get it the next time. But they have so many different choices, you're kind of like, okay, well... I'll get some different choices, like, 
it, it makes a lot of sense. It's not good. Well, let me get a little piece of that. No, let me get some of that. Okay, I'll get that. I'll get this. I'll get that. And, I mean, it's, and it's totally delicious. I, I was watching them bring out the sirloin cuts, and I was like, bruh. Them fucking pieces of meat are wildly good. And, uh, you know, even the fat on the meat is good. That's how good it was, so... That's going to do it for this episode. I just want to touch bases on, you know, what, what I've been up to and then uh, get this episode in the books. Get ready for this, the next, maybe next, early next week. I don't know what we got on deck. Maybe, I think Dune comes out this week. Maybe I'll go watch that. I know we were thinking about going to movies last weekend, but um, we didn't go. I didn't like anything out there, per se. But I think Dune comes out this weekend, so maybe it'll be a different, uh, different topic next week. We're going to do a, a movie review, maybe. We'll see how that shakes out. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode. I'll get it posted up, and uh, catch you guys on the next one. Later.